Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, welcome Friday. to the entrepreneurial web. <laughs> this is not Jeremiah Fox, but an incredible simulation of <laughs> Jeremiah Fox, who is having a New York moment stuck in traffic, who will be with us shortly. However, um, being the executive producer, it is my role sometimes to step in. It's not the first time I've had to impersonate somebody else. So um, I do not have as much facial hair as Jeremiah. So you on Facebook Live uh, kind of get don't quite get the same uh, experience. But just pretend that I'm being Jeremiah. And I'm here in the studio today with Nick Caragiulo. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, until Jeremiah gets here, we'll, 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 we'll figure out a few things to talk about. My first question to you would be, how did you meet Jeremiah? Sure. So, uh, Sam, let me stop by saying thank you for having me. And of Jeremiah, course. you too. I've heard great things about the show, and I'm proud he, to be He can't here. be thanked because he's not in the studio yet. So, so. We'll, we'll pass that along when he gets here. So, uh, I operate uh, a construction company, as mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've articulated, in Brooklyn. And Jeremiah and I share a neighborhood. We are both ah, from Windsor, Windsor Terrace, Terrace, Brooklyn. All right. And, uh, and that's where I met him. And he operates uh, a number of businesses, as right, do I, and right. that's where we've come to get to know each other. And, and how long ago was that that you guys bumped into each other? Uh, I would say over the last 10 years, but we've gotten to know each other a lot better um, because in addition to doing this show, Jeremiah uh, does some training and mm -hmm. I train with him. Oh, oh, at the and, dojo. Uh, we've really gotten close from the dojo. Ah, so some kickboxing, some jujitsu, and of course at times fitness. But yeah, we've gotten a lot closer. Yeah, about. yeah, that's jujitsu. Really, uh, really he's is. had a number of people on that, uh, not necessarily that he even met through the jujitsu, but that who, who are all involved with it. I, I'm Absolutely. beginning to get a sense that jujitsu is kind of important to him. Yeah, it's like a magnet for the neighborhood, and the yeah. neighborhood's, uh, I think, at some point uh, gotten in a much better shape as a result. I mean, it's, right. it's, a, it's a really uh, good-looking neighborhood. So. Right, right. And so a lot of Jeremiah's show is about... Um, sort of uh, what I would call community-based businesses, you know, like neighborhood businesses, you know, not huge franchises, not, you know, gi giant uh, impersonal corporations, but really like uh, entrepreneurial, uh, mid-sized, small, uh, community-based neighborhoods. And, and because that's what Jeremiah is. I mean, he's really a community business entrepreneur. Um, so I'm just curious uh, how you developed in uh, construction. Like, how did you really get into real estate, which is a very much a community-based business just itself? Sure. So, you know, where do I begin? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I would say as an entrepreneur, uh, it probably starts pretty early in life. I mean, I could, think we could all equate to uh, many entrepreneurs who have done a lot of things in their early years. Right. So with respect to Brooklyn, you know, I was the, the paper boy. I was oh, the, me too. Uh, yeah, that's, that was a, a very enterprising business back in yeah. the day. I tell you what I did, though, is I wasn't a regular paper route boy. Uh, I learned this from a friend of mine is we would go on Saturday nights when they were coming out with the Sunday papers. We'd go directly to the trucks when they were delivering them and say, hey, can we buy a bundle of papers off you? And most of the time they would say yes. So we'd get okay. the papers real cheap. And then we would go around to all the bars in my neighborhood, especially <laughs> in wintertime. And, you know, at the time, it was, and this is a long time ago, just to give you an idea, it was like 25 cents. Sure. So we'd charge 50 cents for delivery fee. And then, nice, and, nice. and most of the people at the bars, you know, they're, they're drinking. They're like, oh, yeah, here's, here's 50 a buck. cents. Here's a buck. 
<laughs> Sometimes the bartenders would be the best ones. They'd give us five bucks. So in like an hour's time, we'd hit up anywhere from 30 to 50 bars. Wow. We'd be sell out and we'd make like 50 to 100 bucks. And for like, you know, a 13 year old kid, that was good That's money amazing. back then. That's amazing. That's the way to do it. That's yeah. the way to do it. And so again, very enterprising, right? Yeah. Very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we start off in life doing things like paper routes and working in delis, luncheonettes. But lo and behold, I mean, growing up in, in, in Brooklyn and being uh, in a working class neighborhood, I mean, you really get a, a, a view from the people around you. Right. And everyone I knew was either, you know, working class, they either had a job or they had a business. Right. And so we can relate to the business owner in that he was the one who offered you a job, right? So when you uh, wanted a side hustle or you wanted something to do as in your teenage years, you went to the business owner, you you stocked shelves, you delivered papers, you you cleaned yards, maybe you worked with a contractor, right, right, we, we did tile work, whatever it may be. So like that entrepreneurial sense was something I guess you were very much exposed to as a kid and it was like all around you, which is interesting because like I came from a very middle class uh, working for somebody else, not an entrepreneurial sure, family. I'm sure. like, I'm actually the only, and in a way, the only entrepreneur in my family. I mean, my brother is a psychologist, so he's kind of an entrepreneur, but m- my mom was a school teacher, worked for the city. My dad was a statistician, worked for the highway department. Yeah. So like that was normal for us. So me, I'm, I was kind of like different, you know, yeah, to be yeah, an entrepreneur. Sure. But for you, it was like normal because it was like, hey, you're surrounded by entrepreneurs in your neighborhood. You know, very normal. And uh, I spent many years, that was my normal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working from one job to the next, going to school and then I got to a point where you know learning and you know being perceptive towards these other entrepreneurs people that own their own business uh, you sort of wanted to do your own thing so Man. very early on my uh, initial uh, thing to do was to own my own deli ah and, uh, okay so while I was uh, at that point you know working through high school thinking about college I was also thinking about having my own deli but something inside me said, you know, I should probably look outside of the box. You know, I was into, you know, reading, you know, newspapers and magazines and we would see classifieds, things for sale. Again, there was always a hustle uh, to go to be done, yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, growing up we were I was buying and selling cars. You know, I would, oh, I would kind really? of, you know, buy a car, needed some work, fix it up and sell uh, it at a profit. So, again, always in this enterprising, you know, state of mind, but Nonetheless, thinking about my life as a deli owner and all mm. the, the hours that I was going to spend seven days a week, no holidays, no time off, looking around and saying, hey, you know, I see this thing in tech happening, this, this tech bubble or tech uh, explosion, computers, right. networking. Right. And I started to see some opportunity. And lo and behold, I ended up pursuing um, a computer science degree and just getting certificates in computer oriented classes and ended up working a job in the fortune 500 yeah. you know, tech world <laughs> it's so funny because that's where i got my i got my degree in computer really? science really? i was i was both a fine art and a computer major i wanted to do special effects you know this is after really star wars the left and right side there yeah I, but at the time in new york city i when i started i was still in college and i was trying to get an internship you know trying to get a job sure. to work to get some experience and like none of the computer houses that did special effects there were only three left in the city they had all moved out wow. to california around that time and every single one of them said the same thing to me and that was there's no point for us giving you a job because as soon as you get your degree, you're going to leave us. 
or you don't have any experience, you don't have a degree and you don't have any experience, so why should we hire you? So nobody would give me uh, a job. So um, I ended up getting a job just as a bank teller and, and working for Chemical Bank, which doesn't exist anymore. And then um, ended up then for like my first nine years of my career or seven years of my career, I was working for financial, large financial institutions, not necessarily as a programmer, but as a guy who worked with the in-between person, typically between the end user and the programmers, because I was sure, good at sure. translating so that language. Sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I tell you, so going into, uh, you know, coming from working class, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, people working at the ground and, and also having jobs with the city and so forth. But stepping into the corporate realm where it was a whole new world, right? I, yeah. didn't, know, I didn't even know that existed, yeah. uh, that there was this whole new world of, wow, large companies where, you know, a, someone like me with this background that really wants to kind of provide service, wants to be more kinetic and learn as you go, mm-hmm. I became what you would call an entrepreneur. I mean, really ah, like enterprising within yeah. a company, really right. making my way throughout, working my way up. And uh, I spent uh, about 15 years in that space before, you know, ultimately leaving and Mm. uh, starting uh, the company Transcend Construction. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. But still, even though you were working for uh, these large companies, you still had that entrepreneurial spirit. You still kind of kept it alive, even though you were doing like, uh, you know, nine to five or probably more like eight to six. So what I would say is I was probably doing six to midnight in IT. So six to midnight, really like frontline service and projects in the financial industry where it was very demanding. Uh, So, yeah, I was spending a lot of time there. It was also often seven days a week. But being a New Yorker, you know, we all have a side hustle. So uh, at the same time, uh, I was buying and selling real estate. So, you, you know, you said before how you would like buy cars, fix yeah, them up yeah. and sell them, Absolutely. which is very similar concept to like flipping houses, Absolutely. right? You buy a rundown house, you fix it up, you know, Absolutely. you add value and then you sell it exactly. to make money on it. So did you feel like that selling the cars like really prepared you for that? I think so. It was a natural fit. Yeah. It's just who I am. Uh, uh, really, uh, I also have a love uh, for homes, especially uh, uh, historic homes, things that okay. are old. And so even as a, as a general contractor, residential builder in Brooklyn, it's not just that we build from the ground up. We are rebuilding uh, what's already uh, there. So it's right. like infill um, right. development and building. And, and, and in Brooklyn, it, it's not like other parts of the city. That there's a decent variety. Like there are single-family homes. Absolutely. There are brownstones and, and apartment buildings and stuff. It's not all like big buildings, is it? It varies. I mean, the housing stock is pretty much pre-existing. Um, right. Very little uh, new. Not that again. So today, there's a lot going on in Brooklyn. Right. Obviously. right. So All over there is the a city. lot of new development, especially downtown Brooklyn. Uh, but when it comes to single-family or two-family homes, which is where I specialize, mm-hmm. like your typical row house, your brownstone, right. Right. Um, we we tend to operate within the downtown, like Windsor Terrace, Kensington, Park Slope, okay. and the surrounding areas. And, of course, we take a project in Manhattan and sometimes even beyond. You know, right. We've gone outside of the city border to do oh. a project here or there. Oh, cool. Um, and. That's where we see ourselves in the future, uh, yeah. if things all work out. But yeah, it's. Do, uh, do you remember your first house? Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my first. What uh, was that experience like? So, my, my very first project uh, was an apartment in Brooklyn Heights. Oh, and, okay. And uh, 
there were some unknowns, but you know we worked through it as always. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it had a beginning, middle, and an end, like any project right, does. Right. Uh, but in the end, it was successful, and it ultimately paid for my wedding. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that must have been uh, cool. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. And, uh, so yeah, it was it was a it was a good uh, a good way to start, start. in real estate. Right, right. Um, do you remember your first uh, house that you worked on that was a real problem? Problem that wasn't such a good experience. Well, I think I look at the world like uh, you know every every house has an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're not so much of a problem. You know, I've, we have a can-do attitude, so yeah. uh, every house has its challenges, but we're we're up to the task, yeah. and uh, we 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 thrive on you know really getting into it and and making them better, reimagining a home and making it better. Awesome, awesome, very cool, very cool. Okay, we're going to take our first break of the show and. During this break, I'm going to magically transform (laughs) into the real Jeremiah. So uh, when we come back, I'm sure uh, uh, Jeremiah will have his quote of the day. And uh, we'll continue on with talking with Nick Caragiulo from Transcend Realty. Transcend Construction. Transcend Construction. Excuse me there. So everybody, please stand tuned. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. What's up, everybody? We're back. This is Jeremiah's second clone. We're going to call him. I don't know. Let's come up with a good name for my second clone. Mm. That was fun. So you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I had a, We've been working on a cloning project for me because, you know, I'm a busy guy. Um, that was the first stab. We need to work on, on Sam's facial hair, though. Uh, it's, it's a little underwhelming. Um, but, you know, baby steps. And as all things in entrepreneurial uh, there endeavors, you there you go. shit going to happen that uh, gets in the way. Inevitably and, will. <laughs> yeah. And, and what Sam had to do, essentially I've had to do uh, every day this week 
at a, at the restaurant. Just nobody was around. Uh, I just had to step so in improv and do uh, improv and, and wear a lot of hats that I'm not used to. Probably something you've, it's probably something you are used to as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. 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 I was going to ask, so you probably had to do that. When was the last time you, uh, you, you, uh, did some framework? <laughs> well, okay. Well, <laughs> that might be something else entirely. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, in fact, you know, I really, uh, transcend construction came about not from, uh, my hands-on right. background. Mm-hmm. It was more from management and yeah. just, uh, my, uh, my desire to start something new that involved uh, home, right? Yeah. Something that was, uh, what I always said is urgent and important for uh, my client base. Because mm-hmm. what, what is more important than your home and your, your biggest investment? And, uh, and that's really where I want to be. There is no place like home yeah. in that traditional yeah. sense. Uh, and I mean it in that positive sense because it could be the other way, sure. depending how you look at it. Sure. Um, and we wanted to uh, be, uh, you know, part of that journey to your home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, finding your way involved transcend. Yeah. And uh, everything we do oh, really involves the, never, the home, the house, the and yeah. uh, we, we focus on the, the home itself. So the the brownstone, the row house, uh, it's, you know, we are res- residential builders at heart. So mm-hmm. we, we've really focused our attention in that area. So. Um, and, and did you get started in Windsor Terrace as far as yeah. kicking your business off? I mean, you, so you grew up in Windsor Terrace, Grew right? up in Windsor like Terrace, like I Ave. said, we were yeah. right, we grew up on Prospect Avenue. I've done, uh, I've worked every, every business in Prospect Avenue I could right. as a kid. Um, and then, you know, took a little, uh, detour, went a little corporate for a while, but also, uh, invested in real estate. Mm-hmm. In Windsor Terrace and in, in, in Park Slope, it was smart. good yeah. time, but I was not a buy and hold uh, person. I was more get in, do some renovations, mm-hmm. be a short term landlord or homeowner, and then move on. Um, and what age were you when you started doing that? I think my first home, my first apartment, I purchased in uh, like 97, 98. So I was in my uh, late 20s, mm-hmm. mid to late 20s. And um, and it never stopped from there, yeah. right? And uh, so Brooklyn was on a major upswing. Mm. And so uh, ultimately, you know, I was doing my little uh, side work and working a corporate gig. Both would treat me very well. I had a great experience throughout. But when I wanted to change the way I live, I wanted to spend more time with my family, mm-hmm. uh, really quantity. And we also, we always focus on quality time. I wanted to spend quantity time with my family. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there when they wake up. I wanted to help take them to school. I really wanted to be around them. So you were a young dad. I am a young dad. Yeah, no, at the am. time. Because yeah, now course, it's like, I don't want to be around when you wake <laughs> no, up. I, I don't want to be do. there when you I get still okay. do. And I still am. You know, I, 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 really, I really love that aspect. I'm just joking, girls. I know. Really, I'm joking. But uh, No, it was the same for me. Yeah, exactly I know. I see. I see. Yeah. We live, and I still uh, we do live similar lives in yeah. the morning. You know, I see yeah. you. We, we drop kids off at the same school. And that, that was important for me, too. We didn't want to end up in a situation where we were just passing our kids off to, you Absolutely. know, somebody as initially that was a stranger. You maybe get lucky and develop a relationship with them over time, but we wanted to play active parts in their We want certainty. In their lives. You know, yeah, really. yeah, That's Absolutely. Especially with our kids. But so when I, when I, uh, when I, when about 2007, I was working still this full-time job and I oh, okay. wanted to start my own thing and, and I did. And I didn't leave the, uh, the full-time gig until 08. 
Mm-hmm. I took my leave of absence, just never came back. You know, work, worked out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some milk. I'll yeah, be back soon. Worked it out to yeah. get a package in the end because they were starting to do some layoffs. So it worked out in my favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, company went belly up um, after that. So I didn't, in fact, get the package. But uh, nonetheless, yeah. I was already into my own little uh, new world. Like my cab ride today. You never know what's going to happen. There you go. You never know. Yeah. Like a box of chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, we so we opened up in Windsor Terrace, and, and that was when uh, I started to see the branded trucks yeah, around, yeah, which back was in great. Two thousand seven, eight, yeah, yeah, a lot of trucks mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of a lot of capital. I saw one this morning. In fact, you saw on one press, this morning. That's a good down. sign. It's yes, great. Yes. That's what I want to hear. And you know, to be honest, we never left Windsor Terrace. So we yeah. started in Windsor Terrace. There was no. A, it's obviously that huge that's amount where of work, and you had a you had a you actually had a storefront. On, we still on we still have that. space in different yeah. locations, uh, but I did consolidate my home to a home office. Yeah, it was just made more sense. I know a lot of people that are doing that lately. I, I think that is the trend. But yeah. we still have mm-hmm. space for equipment and, and, right. and a smaller office. But nonetheless, no, no one really comes to visit us. We we do the visiting. You did have a, a bench, yeah, right yeah, in the middle well, of office yeah, to I, do I, to work out. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was a sign. Okay, and we, to, and we have another bench with with you know <laughs> just, just having people on the side to protect the uh, the brand. And, and our clients, if things go wrong, right. there's always got to be a bench. But <laughs> yeah, and so Brooklyn's been really good to us. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I love talking to your. To I love talking to your dad because he's he really like tells the stories. <laughs> he like he like oversees the neighborhood. He stands out front <laughs> and he just like smokes cigarettes and just watches everybody. He knows every little ripple. Yeah. In, in yeah. the in the ground and. Well, What's ahead, funny what is if you if you were to do a Google Earth or Prospect Avenue, not just once. I think it's like the third time <laughs> he's, he's come up in front of that house. Yeah. So uh, I bet I he's bet. a landmark. Yes, definitely. And he was telling me recently he was talking about some of those wood frame homes right along yeah. Prospect on the yeah. side of Della, and he was saying, "Man." You know, a couple of them were offered to me for like five thousand dollars, and yeah, I turned them down, and yeah. I just could not believe. If we only knew, right? right. Yeah, he was yeah. like, "But at the time, it was shit." But you know, nobody wanted it. By the time you were you were coming of age, the 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 tide had turned, and and you were able to make that good investment. I've heard two main ways to be successful: one, be an early adopter, do it yeah. when nobody else is doing, absolutely, and then the other one, if you can't do that. Just be the best, <laughs> which is hard. Absolutely, I think absolutely. It, I'm always trying to be early. <laughs> I'm obviously, I have issues with that because I was late today. But uh, yeah, that that's great. That yeah, is the way yeah. to do it. Um, and I, I miss that boat big time. Well, it's never too late, as you know. No, it's not too late. We're working on it now. But uh, I didn't even. I mean, at that we didn't move to New York until 2005. So okay. Well, I, I think being a business owner, it's very humbling. I mean, it sounds like it's yeah. all grandiose and, and full of profit, but it's really a lot of hard work. You do wear right. a lot of hats. I mean, mm-hmm. as, a, as an owner, um, I mean, what don't you do, right? Um, and you're always trying to be strategic, yet tactical. You're trying to fight fires, not get overwhelmed. And you, sometimes real fires, yeah. And sometimes it <laughs> You have real fires? Real, uh, <laughs> real, not... not with the FDNY, but yeah, real emergencies. Yeah, you know things happen, yeah. so uh, you have to stay on top of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've done more than just residential, though. You've done, well, I guess some of the buildings you've done were mixed use, so it hasn't all been just like, yeah. especially Windsor Terrace is kind of dotted for those of you who haven't been there with a lot of not not so many brownstones, but limestone and then also wood frame brick facades. Some of them as skinny as 12 feet wide sure like sure. 12 by 60 um but really quaint and cute um but but there's some bigger buildings that you've done even in the uh recently um, yeah yeah so my uh my one of my largest projects uh i was telling sam was mm. probably my 
one of my first. And it happened to come about, yeah, at the same time I was leaving my full-time job. I was leaving that to not only do construction, but also do development. And of course, we got so hit with the recession. Can you, can you the explain the difference between the two for people that are that are listening that might not? Yeah, know so that. it's a different. Uh, so there's a, there's a number of uh, differences. So a developer would, uh, you know, buy a property, uh, whether it be land or, or a physical asset, mm. and put some strategy around how to improve upon it, expand it, make it better, but yet not execute the work. Gotcha. Actually, hire a contractor, right. and of mm-hmm. course, some may do both. Right. Uh, but for me, it was uh, at one end of the spectrum was to be the developer only and uh, work with others to execute. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, being in Transcend Construction, I am the one doing the executing. Right. So, in fact, I would do both. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so my first project was a development, and it was uh, in Windsor Terrace. And uh, we I also got some resistance on that project, if you can imagine. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> it's pretty successful today. I've gotten, I've gotten resistance on projects in Windsor Terrace myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but at the time, it was, it was a building, and I'll even back up a little bit so my wife and i uh we we bought that building to put a school you know we Mm. were not that we're you know in the school business but we said you know park slope all these great neighborhoods have private schools Well, you're looking at all the kids that are being born absolutely (laughs) so part of that entrepreneurial uh you know just drive was to you know put something in the neighborhood Mm But the economy was changing, right. and it just made more sense, um, maybe, maybe for many reasons, to redevelop it. And, and you were saying this is around 2008 when things this started is in to 2008 really... 2008. Yeah, when things really, really got fallout was happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but in the end, we, we moved forward with uh, a knockdown and a re- redevelop, and then the, uh, the collapse happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, some of the capital dried up, and so we had to re-strategize, recapitalize, right. kind of reimagine what we would do in that space. And ultimately, uh, it's what you have today, a mixed-use apartment with a commercial space that I think has been very positive. Is that Prospect of Vanderbilt? Yeah, yeah, yeah Prospect of Vanderbilt. I remember the Very good, slash, very bright, right? and uh, it's, it's been good. And I think yeah. maybe you've, you even looked at some of the space back in I the did. day. I yeah, did, <laughs> in the build-out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely so did. Worked um, out. So you have to you you got the 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 benefit and of the angle of working both sides. Absolutely. Would you say that was uh, a good move for you? Is that just inherent in how you would want to operate anyways? Because I'm, I'm always doing that. I'm always trying to fold in, oh, what's the next uh, aspect of, of this industry that can make me more successful? Was it something you <clears throat> yeah. thought about ahead of time, like I want to do both, or did it just become about Yeah, so for, for, for me, it's, it's, it's about two things. One, it's about the home, and two, it's about the project. I just mm-hmm. love projects. Right. Uh, hey, I love that they have a, uh, an ending, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't go on forever. But yeah, I just love to, I love the process of starting right. something new, the journey. Yeah. working through it, meeting people, developing relationships, and then of course, creating something beautiful and mm. maybe even very everlasting. Uh, so that was a big thing for me. Um, and, you know, having spent many years in in pretty large projects, right? Bringing about IT projects that have, global and uh, very broad nature prior yeah prior, prior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i really you know for me to do a home it was like just doing a satellite office right, it was very right. straightforward <laughs> um and so i was really able to uh enjoy the process that's great and i still do yeah very much well i uh i've done a little a little myself and uh it's overwhelming for me i i uh, housing, housing. Uh, well i grew up uh in in a family i was mentioning to you last night um 
my my mom's dad was a was a carpenter. My dad's dad was an electrician. They both had their own businesses. My stepdad uh, was a plumbing contractor. Wow. You know, he started with one van, yeah, just a yeah, guy with a van going around, and he built and built and built, and now they're you know they're all up and down the East Coast, and and it's a pretty big company. And so I was always around it, and then worked in the summers and stuff like that. I did. There wasn't anything I didn't do in a house. But I then can even more, to that. yeah. <laughs> but even more recently, like when we when we built Della, Jane and I ended up getting, uh, you know, a, a one-off commercial contracting license just to do the build out there. Do what you can. Sure, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, in an attempt to save money, which we didn't, of course, because uh, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> Not really, but uh, but it was a great experience in terms of learning. But I still have like. A little like PTSD from that. Like anytime I see a Department of Buildings vehicle, I might yeah, not even be yeah. in Windsor Terrace, and yeah. like my heart kind of palpitates. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's not for me. He's not yeah, for me. Don't like, we all? Yeah. Well, I, you, I was gonna say you have to have pretty thick skin to that right yeah, now. You, you, yeah. you probably like. It's like me with the Department of Health now. They used to bother yeah. me, and now I'm just like, whatever, dude. You're going to do your thing. I've been through the ropes. I've been to the court cases, the hearings. I've dealt with it all. At this point, are you? Do you have less anxiety around that? Maybe, maybe depending on the project. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have anxiety, although there is a level of just uncertainty, right? Sure. You just don't know. I think you like that, though, don't you? I, I, do, th- I do like change and uncertainty, yeah. but I, in a project sense, I like to plan and be strategic. Yeah. So, But yeah, so we, we do a lot of pre-planning. We do a lot of strategy. We think through things, mm-hmm. and we, we make sure things are regulations and the laws are in place. So when they show up, if they show up, uh, we're just less everything. less anxiety yeah. over it. But nonetheless, yeah, we, we do worry, you know, just yeah, yeah, sure. We don't want we don't want the project to get set back. Yeah, right? absolutely. So schedule is important. Absolutely. Big time. Speaking of schedules, we're going to take a little Another break. break. I'm, I think I'm back on track now. Uh, we'll be back with you in a few minutes. I'm going to breathe. I literally ran up 8th Avenue to get here. So we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back, everybody. I've taken a deep breath. I'm more calm and relaxed. No Department of Transportation or Buildings <laughs> or Department of Health uh, vehicles in sight, so I'm okay. We're going to give a quick shout out. Yeah, right. No, no. Uh, there's a stop work order downstairs, actually. Did you see it on <laughs> the way in? No. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> quick couple shout outs. Jamie Stamps, what's up? Jeffrey Hess in the hood. Elena, how are you? See you Sunday morning. And Amy Eastwood, all the way from Colorado. Amy used to live. Did you work on Amy Hi, Jim's Amy, house? Sure. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She told me last night. She sent me a, a message saying, "Please tell that I said hello." <laughs> yeah, great house. And I, I was actually hanging out with uh, with John and Belinda, the new owners. Okay, uh, sure. They were in the restaurant last night too, and Belinda was actually on uh, the show. We did a pop up show in Della nice, after nice. Uh, Thanksgiving. So you 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 guys are awesome, Amy and Jim. But you were also. Uh, so big shout out to Amy and Jim. Thanks for all the business yeah. <laughs> and the referrals. Really appreciate it. Same to Jeff. Have you seen the pictures of their new place? I have not. Oh my god, I would it's love immaculate. to. Yeah, if you if you go on Facebook, Amy Amy keeps this stuff updated. Hello, Maria. So, uh, since I wasn't here for the opening uh, and didn't do my quote of the day, we're going to do it now. Just better late than never, right? I think you said that earlier. It's never too late, right? So this quote, I quote this gentleman often, Simon Sinek. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek? He's a a motivational speaker and and business kind of icon. He's great. You should check him out. Um, It was a quote from his Instagram feed. Simon says, inspire. Trust is built on telling the truth, not telling people what they want to hear. I thought that was interesting because it talks about building and you do a lot of building. And you probably often have to tell people straight up some things like they're like, I'd like to have this happen. And you try, you try and you're like, uh, you know what? It ain't yeah. going to, it ain't going to happen the way you want. And that takes a lot of, we were talking about thick skin before dealing. So you deal with it on both sides, sure, sure. especially when you produce, like I've had real estate agents come on and real estate brokers come on. And I think that's interesting because they're selling homes that are not theirs. They're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's more. It's a different nuance. It's yeah. still a lot of pressure. But you, you're like you said. You're, we're in the thick of it. We're 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 in there. We're with them. Yeah. We see them morning and afternoon and, and evening, and we're working on for in their months home. and months. Yeah. And yeah. it's this long, yeah, a lot thing. of stamina. Yeah, and you're you're building often somebody's home that they plan a lot of on emotion. Being in for. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So much emotion tied to it. So the truth part is is really interesting. And then also you're building homes. It was always fascinating about me about your company is that you're 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 working on homes basically that you grew up in and around true neighbors people you probably yeah, known for yeah, decades absolutely. and then you you live right there too so there's like no you have to be totally transparent and honest because if something yeah if something yeah, shows yeah. up not being right there's no you're not like this invisible yeah, yeah. contractor that's it's in, in my backyard yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's right there and I, and I get that a lot and my partner was on last week and we were talking about that. And she was like, yeah, I don't love that so much. But me, I love it. I'm like in the yeah, street. Yeah, like if something yeah. didn't go right, I want to know, you know, and I want to be able to fix it and, and take care of it. And when you do thing. a great job and you do it right, there's no concern at all. Right. right. It's well, always but, for the know, right reasons. But, but with, yeah, absolutely. with construction and homes and everything, I mean, stuff just things happen over time. Uh, what's your what's your main approach or advice for anybody listening um, on, on just dealing with that, like being just being completely brutally honest with people. And then how do you respond when something didn't go the way somebody else expected? Like you, you're, you've been in the profession for a while. You've done it. You've seen things. You, you kind of 
you know, you have more insight than somebody with just a vision that's like, oh, I want my place to look like this. And, <laughs> you know, it's like we're going to do our best. And then maybe Absolutely. at the end, they're, after looking at it for a couple of months, they're like, man, that's not exactly what what I wanted. And negotiating that that scenario or that situation. So it, I'll come at it from a couple of ways. Yeah, so uh, in, in many cases, uh, you, you buy a home and some folks want to immediately uh, get in there and start overhauling. Yeah. And uh, some of my advice to them at times is, hey, maybe you want to live in the home for a little bit, but that's not always the case because you're selling one place to buy another. There's nowhere yeah. to go. So you need to kind of move in. Yeah. Um, in that scenario, we uh, we want to spend as much time with them as we can uh, before the renovation to have an impact on the design right. and the strategy so mm-hmm. that we can, you know, really alert them to some of the unknowns. But of course, it's all about capital and timing. Mm-hmm. So it's really just having that reserve. Um, so should things go wrong, that there's do you recommend to people? Because that absolutely, was absolutely of course that was yeah, the thing yeah. that got us with the build out of Della is that so many things came down the pipe that were unforeseen, and and it really started to eat away. Even though you know we had plenty of cash to do the job, there really came a point where it was like, wow, like yeah. you know they they changed the filing for electric kitchens like right when we were yeah. doing it, and all yeah. of a sudden it was like an extra thirty thousand dollars <laughs> for an Ansel system. And we we're like, what? So you recommend we for do to, and to have something to depending on the size of the renovation. Yeah. You know, we're subject matter experts. I mean, I think we've done enough homes to mm-hmm. kind of know what to expect right. in most cases. So we already see behind the wall, so right. to speak. So we're already factoring that in. Mm. It's just that little bit more and not just for what may come up, but you may want to change something. Right. You know, things change. Things go so well, you might say, hey, I have some extra money and then you apply it somewhere else. Yeah. So um, in other cases, it's, um, you know, they spend they spent time in the home. They spent years in their mind developing and coming up with what... Already, already living in the home. Yeah, already yeah. living there. So they have this concept in mind. And then we, we come to the table with, you know, a walkthrough and maybe a couple of days or weeks worth of time to provide a bid. You know, we don't mm-hmm. always have the time to strategize with them. And then, of course, you know, we get into the thick of a renovation and things can happen. But yeah. so for us, you know, we, we like to do a little bit more of the design build. Mm-hmm. So we engage with yeah. a, a partner, an architect, designer, and we go in together. That's helpful. But, oh, of course, being eyes wide open, it's mm-hmm. just being completely transparent. <clears throat> Here's what it's going to cost. Here's the time frame it's going to take <clears throat> and put some money on the side. Should things go wrong? Right. That, that's that's always good advice. Uh, have you worked with um, construction loans before when somebody gets a... <clears throat> Not so much. Not yeah, so much. Yeah. Do you know anything about those really? I've, I've talked to a couple of friends that have bought places through that. And from the owner perspective, they enjoyed it. And when they were telling me about it, I was like, contractors are probably like, yo, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, you know, I know how it works. I know the mechanics of it. So uh, any strong it, opinions on that or it's, uh, it's, it's not, uh, typically what I look for right. in a project. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be really binding and kind of limiting for the contractor in the most part, it gives the bank more control and it sides <laughs> in the, uh, the buyer's favor. Yeah. There's less, just less flexibility, yeah, right, um, right. less creativity. But for me, it comes down to, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that there's, you know, capital fluency on the project that, you know, all parties, including myself, right. I'm, I'm, I have to come to the table with a capitalization to execute the project. Right. And we want the same on, on the, the homeowner side, right. We want to be able to deliver the product. Yeah. So, um, we find those projects just um, take longer. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a lot more scrutiny right, on, right. on the finished product, yeah. but 
It's not a one size fits all. Right. And that was the thing that I thought about with those loans is that, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're bound to a certain schedule with that. Absolutely. It's it's really, absolutely unflexible. Um, and then for you getting this whole thing off the ground, what was the the beginning process like in terms of, you know, we're talking about building a home, but building the, the business for you in terms of what did you have to do? What did you have to get in alignment uh, you know, not necessarily uh, dollar amounts in terms of capital, but then licensing. Like, there's a there's a lot of stuff yeah, that I sure. mean, there's a <clears throat> you're under the microscope big time, especially if you're building residential, right? <clears throat> Heavy. Uh, so there's licensing. There's um, Department of Buildings licensing and registration. Mm-hmm. There's Department of Consumer Affairs. Then there's other levels of site uh, superintendent or construction super. <clears throat> But ultimately, it comes down to you are you need to have a, a highly capitalized uh, structure. You need to have money to really enter this business. Yeah. You need to have a lot of know-how, subject matter expertise. You should now also uh, run a business right. that helps. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you buy all the things that it takes to operate a company like equipment and trucks and things of that nature. You rent a storefront potentially or operate right. from your home. But I think for me, it was a slower start than that. Um, mm-hmm. I had already been doing some uh, some buy and sell of real estate. And I started the company and just started off small and uh, bought a truck right. and had a storefront in Park mm-hmm. Slope and just started to ramp up from there. Yeah. The, the problem we had was the ramp up happened pretty quickly. Right. You know, Brooklyn was exploding. So were you, you, were you all like trying to play catch up? It we, just was going so it was we, expanding so fast. We were we just expanded and mm-hmm. we had to grow. And uh, luckily at that time there was uh, a lot of uh, labor in the market. Mm-hmm. And we could uh, hire pretty pretty easily back then. I think today it's a lot more constrained. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot more uh, happening in the city. Yeah. So it's harder today. But back uh, back in 2007, eight, nine, when we hit a, we're hitting a recession. For us, we did very well those years because there were there were people on the sidelines waiting to work. Yeah, and it seemed like I mean I know housing prices around here dipped a little bit, but but not so much. Yeah, things <laughs> things kind of just kept churning where other other markets in the country really took a Absolutely. hit and like their entire neighborhoods left empty, especially that corner of Brooklyn. It was just kind of like we're gonna just keep chugging along here. Kept going, it yeah. kept going. I mean, the budgets are changing today. I mean, yeah. so back in in two thousand seven, eight, nine, we had. A lot of buyers coming in with just just different budgets, and then yeah. at some point between uh, 2009 and today, I mean, the, the the home values went up, and so did the renovation budgets. Mm-hmm. But now that people are buying at a higher price point, we're seeing the budgets come back a little bit, kind of equalizing yeah. to uh, a lower max, just paying so much for the home. So yeah, uh, maybe the the age of the gut renovation is slowed a bit, but you know, renovating in place has picked up. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every corner Absolutely. you turn. There's especially the other thing that's changed going. in the market is uh, there's just so many more people working from home today. Yeah. Right. So it's probably good for restaurants as well. Right. So maybe the lunch crowd, maybe. I don't nope. know. <laughs> um, I was thinking that when I was stuck in the cab on the yeah. way here, actually, just looking around at what, you know, everything I was passing by because I was go- we were going slowly. Um, no, there's been a, a, a big pullback. It, it affected a lot of service industry and retail where there's when people are working from home, they're not out going to places as much they're not they're not going shopping on their way you know to and from their office or to the train or or whatever and then that also affects the service side so retail (coughs) retail took the biggest hit so it kind of was happening at the same time when when you know companies like amazon were on the rise sure people were starting to work from home more 
retail just went the other way. And that affected uh, service in a big way because a lot of service places benefit from people being out shopping. They're already spending money. They're losing time. They're like, I don't have time to cook. So they come in and they just get some food or they sit down and eat. Um, so the whole thing was like a recoil uh, for the service industry and not just in the U.S. It's it's happening uh, globally, especially in like mm. places like London. They're they're talking, yeah, you know, the people I listen to there say the same thing where just people go go out less more. Now, delivery is picked up if you have a delivery centric uh, restaurant or people are just opening restaurants for delivery <coughs> just now, for that. Sure. They're, they're doing OK. Um, you know, it it affected us a little bit. We're in a different, we're in a yeah, very yeah. niche yeah, uh, in market. Form. So, um, you know, geographically, but also just the, the, the style of, of food and service and the ambiance of the place. It's just a different kind of thing. So it affected us, but not as bad. I mean, hundreds of restaurants closed last year, uh, right around new year's in New York city, some big ones. Um, mm. we weren't affected like that, fortunately, thankfully, but you know, thankfully. just like everything else, like you're, yeah, well, cab it, ride, you you adjust. It's helped us a bit. I mean, it's Good. you know, people are spending more time at home, right? Yeah, so working from home, <laughs> and they want and it to look a certain way. It needs to function a certain way. That's funny. And, I'm never uh, at home, so I kind of don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I come yeah. in and there's like toys and clothes and stuff everywhere. I'm like, ah, I gotta go back to work. Yeah, where you can, you wanna, you know, have the right office space. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so Definitely. his his and hers offices are pretty cool today. You oh know? wow! <laughs> All right, didn't see that coming. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good thing. Cool. We're going to take one more short break. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Ding, ding, ding. Last round. I know I, I was listening. I was trying to listen like 
through the website and Facebook Live when I was running up 8th Avenue. I had my phone like a crazy person and the, you know, it kept going in and out. But I heard you all talking about uh, martial arts a little bit. That's right. That's right. Nick is a pretty badass kickboxer. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, there's, a, there's one picture of you from the dojo. It was like in their newsletter of you doing a round kick. Oh, yeah. And it just, you, it could have, I think you scared Jean-Claude Van Damme with that kick. <laughs> I wish. It he was, was one of my idols growing up. Man, it was amazing. So you'd done, you had done martial arts before. You did sure. karate yeah, as, when as you a were kid, younger? I was into yeah. uh, Japanese karate, uh-huh. and, uh, Shotokan. Yeah. Did that for a number of years, maybe eight or ten years. Wow. And uh, yeah. it, was, it was my thing as a, as a, as a young, young mm-hmm. kid. So kept me uh, kept me fit back in the day. Well, it serves you well even yeah, now because yeah. uh, I've, I've held the pads for his round kicks. <laughs> and he will make you feel like there's no pads. Well, there. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, no, it's keeping amazing. Keeping me fit, it's important. Yeah, yeah. No, I always love working with you and it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. So last round, here we go. Uh, we're going to hear from Nick on some... Uh, some some suggestions if you are a guy with the van which is often how it starts yeah you know absolutely. maybe you're maybe you're young and you've spent some time in the industry and you're thinking about doing this for yourself or maybe you're more like our age and you're at a job where you don't you don't necessarily enjoy it and you want to have more quantity of time and yeah. and uh more control over your schedule and and you want to step out so just some some advice some things that uh, you'll need to have in place to get this off the ground, but also some unexpected things you might not have known were going to happen. And uh, if a little prior knowledge maybe would have made life a little easier. So what what are some of the first things one needs to get this off? You talked about capital already. Yeah. You're going to need some money. Yeah, You're going to need some bread, always, uh, cold, hard cash. It always goes back to capital. <laughs> right. Um, but I think... For for anything you start, you should have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. You should really you really need to love this business, yeah. this industry. So if you're already driving a van, then you already have a leg up, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. You, you must like what you do. And if you're well, if you have a van, you're probably doing it for yourself already. Right. If you want to expand and you're already operating well and you want to expand, then uh, beyond just having money to do so. Uh, it's, you know, knowing the rules, knowing the regulations, you're working within those bounds. Did you have to, you have to get like, uh, you have to take like some pretty tough tests, right? To get some of the, I think the tests are pretty straightforward. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I had a buddy that did it, not in New York, he's in Virginia, but yeah. he's a restaurant owner that ended up becoming a developer and a contractor to build his own places. Cause he really? was, and he's, this guy's insane. He's, he's <laughs> always folding in new, new tricks, but he got same way. He got into real estate. He was flipping houses first and like nice ones, big ones, like on yeah, the ocean yeah, front. Sure. Um, and then, and then just was like, started to buy buildings for his restaurants instead of getting commercial leases, buying the building, then building the building. And he was telling me the test he had to take for the, for the, commercial contractor's license was yeah. there. I guess it's so relative, you know? Yeah, I guess. It pretty straightforward. <laughs> what I love about you too, you're just like, you're never phased. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, man, it's fine. Always relaxed. But I tell you, that the, the, the big pitfall for many that start out in construction is it's, it's all easy peasy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You start out, you get a truck, you, you have a few dollars, you kind of put up a shingle, you're doing some work, it all sounds great, you start hiring a few people. And then, of course, a couple of years go by and then things start to catch up. Mm-hmm. The freight train kind of comes and kind of hits you and the insurance liability really kicks in. Yeah. Because when you start out, there's nothing to kind of base you on. Mm-hmm. But once gotcha. you've operated for a while and then you're in a highly regulated, I mean, New York State is the yeah. most regulated. 
And um, yeah, once that insurance premium kind of backdates and hits you, it could put a lot of people out of business. Gotcha. Um, That's great. So really, really, really getting into that, talking to other people in that boat. And that's uh, specific to, to construction, construction and contracting and development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so workers' compensation, general right. liability, employee liability, professional liability. We can keep going. There's probably about six or seven you need to own. Yeah. To operate, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it kind of. But the general and they keep adding new ones, right? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> paid family <laughs> leave and all of it is like what? Yeah, paid yeah. vacation, whatever yeah. it may be. But yeah, so knowing the rules and abiding by them, because at some point, you know, if you don't, they may get you. Yeah, and um, it can stop you in your tracks. Sure, that's it. It's, sure, it's that easy. Have there been any other things uh, similar to that where where those insurance premiums come up on you that just kind of sideswiped you and you were like, wow, that was that had that had four zeros behind it. I yeah, wasn't so, expecting that. Well, for me, I, you know, I expected it. You know, I did my homework. Oh, good. I, I knew it still to hurt expect. though, didn't it? It, it, it hurt. <laughs> um, a lot of it I call the UFO came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, you, what, what can you do? You roll with it. Yeah. Uh, but you get on the phone, you work through it like everything else. You talk to the um, to the insurance company and you try to just do your part to get the premiums down but at the end of the day you you owe the premium you pay it and then you're better prepared for the next year right and and so it comes up annually like that but every year it's pretty hefty yeah we're talking six figures yeah and beyond yeah so that's um, insane and and it's all based on revenue right so it's Mm -hmm. it's you know yeah no i have to do the same thing right you do the same thing with the restaurant it's just a lot less and 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 it's contingent on the amount of employees you have as well so we're pretty small operation so it's not near and you, you're, you're operating in a market where the market, to a to a degree, determines what you're going to make, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be competitive, right? So you can do everything you want, but if, if at the end of the day, the market's saying this job is worth X and you can't operate on X, then mm-hmm. you have to either take on different projects or... Yeah, close up, right? So you have to. Stay you brought up that. a good point because there's there's quite a lot of competition. Absolutely, there's, there's trucks everywhere. There's branded trucks. There's guys that aren't branded, but they're just out yep. uh, doing yep. the whole thing. And and in a market where there's undercutting a, a, you a bit, right? But but there's also a ton of homes. We're one of the most populated cities in the in the yeah. in the world. Um, how do you how do you deal with competition? Um, so this business is really referral driven mm-hmm. and. Um, that's that's the, the that's, big that's part great. of how yeah. you get your work. Mm-hmm. And uh, also it's just, you know, in general, people call you out of the blue and you kind of connect. But it's setting yourself apart. It's, you mm-hmm. know, how do you differ from the competition? How, you know, delivering more service, but not just service. It's the things that they're willing to pay a premium on, mm-hmm. right? It's, we can all, it's all a commodity to a degree, right? right. A tile Absolutely. is a tile, yep. a floor is a floor. But it's it's the process. Mm-hmm. It's really bringing that positive energy. You know, well, it sounds like relationship, keeping it, keeping it exciting, inclusive. Yeah. You know, it's their journey. It's, it really is about mm-hmm. the homeowner. It's their home. It's their project, right? You really want them to be part of it. You want them to enjoy it. Um, you, nobody wants to dread a project, and we hear nightmares. We sure. hear we hear the stories. Unfortunately, that's why I was interested in having you on because yeah. it could have been a sticky. Um, that you know, some guys really like. It's, yeah, we, it's an we, unfortunate situation. We try to bring about a very positive yeah. experience. And, um, um, 
Cindy Bromsa sure, sent me a message sure. after she saw oh, yeah? the picture and she was like, yay, Nick. Oh, and I just, great. I thought about that then because you guys did it. it her place is beautiful. It's really yeah, awesome. It's a great project and it's right on the corner. Right. right and right it, but the corner. it's like right there where you're yeah, at. Yeah, and you yeah. said something earlier that made me think about your approach to it. It, it almost seemed artistic to it you. Is. Yeah, I, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. Pretty, for me, it's, it's my creative outlet. It mm-hmm. is very artistic. You know, I walk around the neighborhood. I want it to be as beautiful right. as you do. Yeah. Uh, and then where, you know, if my projects are not inspiring me creatively, then I'll do my own project. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so it, there, it is an outlet. So yeah, that, that's, that's the passion for you. And that absolutely. really drives your, your desire to, yeah. to over deliver. Yeah. So know. I, you know, I really fall in love with the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I connect with the people and somewhere between the two of those things, I, I want to engage. Yeah. If I see a project that just doesn't kind of check all the boxes, I might not want to do it. Right. right? And of course, having that luxury to have uh, <laughs> multiple product projects right. to choose from is terrific. But so, what do you do? That do you do you have a, do you make a referral to somebody else that might want to pick it up? Or if do you possible, just, yeah. yeah, if possible. But that that does happen. I mean, there's been sure. an explosive amount of work in Brooklyn, right. and so we're right. getting way too many calls. So unfortunately, we had to turn some work down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, uh, we're it's we a good problem to have, man. It's, it's a great problem to have. Um, but, you know, going forward, you know, we, we do want to scale a bit sure. and grow. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah. whether it's projects, another thing that we're looking to do is sort of like whole home maintenance. Because, mm-hmm. right? you know, it's hard to have a home without maintenance. you got to maintain it. And so we call it a project. So it's a whole home. You've done some of that already, project. though, right? I've, I've but not break fix. We really want to own the home asset, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it's a project to you know really maintain the home for you on a more of a contract gotcha. basis, yeah, yeah. where we can apply some strategy. Mm-hmm. If there's no prevention and you're just going to call someone out of the blue, right. it's more ad hoc, right. break fix. But it's relationship building for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank this you. really great stuff. Hopefully you got some benefit from this, whether you're coming up in the contracting business. But this would apply to anything. It's really universal. Uh, the ideas of being capitalized, know what's coming your way, have some passion and build relationships. That's really where it's at, whether you're you know across the country from potential customers or right next door as you and I are. Well, I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, We'll see you next Friday. We're listening to the entrepreneurial web. Peace. Take it easy. Talking alternative radio 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com.
Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 